Well then. Mm. This is so fucking good. You know, the crazy part about this is, like, this is literally so good that you go, oh, that's a cafe quality iced coffee. Yeah, how are you possibly making that at home? It tastes so good. It looks so good. How do you do it? And it's actually, it's really simple. You know, like good things at home aren't that crazy. And I think less of it has got to do with the fact that we're making it at home. It's got more to do with we're experiencing it at home. Because when we experience something at home, we have a tendency to relate that to not as good a quality as when we experience it somewhere else. And I feel that I'm an interesting combination of growing up with a really strong need for the truth. And that's how I present myself so authentically is that I'm already comfortable with the truth that I am not anticipating, but experiencing in the world. The way that I perceive the world is through what I, what I deem to be truthful eyes. And see, with that, it allows me to cut the crap away from what an experience actually is or what something actually is, whether that experience is you know, an actual situation happening or maybe it's something you're hearing or you're tasting or perceiving or whatever it might be. When you can accept that that is purely just a sensory observation of your human existence, sometimes a few different sensory observations put together to create a greater experience. Well, then you realize that, okay, cool, life isn't as exciting as I thought it once was, but also I know exactly what it is. And the parts that I don't know are the parts that I can fill in the gaps with my assumption or my understanding of everything that I don't know. And in that, the more I know something, the less about it I actually do know because I realize the subject is so vast and so broad that it's not even my job to understand it. Most of the time, the things that I'm trying to be the absolute best at, it's not your job to be the very best. It's not your job to understand everything. It's just your job to participate through your enjoyment of the activity. And I know I'm being very broad with everything that I'm talking about here. I understand that. But this is part of a pattern. This is part of a bigger picture that if you start to understand this concept, the rest of life becomes really simple, I guess. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr. I'm from Black Ink, and today, this is the 101st episode of the Black Ink podcast. And I've, I want to say luckily, but also <clears throat> strategically put myself in a place where every day I get closer and closer to my, let's call it a goal, or dream, or aspiration. And that is to monetize the things that I enjoy doing to a point that it creates so much economy, or so much wealth, and I use those words and not money for a specific reason, but we'll come back to that, to collect so much wealth that I actually get to control my time and I get to control my energy in a way which means that I, I feel fulfilled by the things that I do and also as a byproduct, not even as the main objective, I monetize it, which allows me to continue to do it, correct? So let's start from the start. I've got myself, well, hang on, before we get to the start, let me just get this out of the way. I've got myself to a position where on a Sunday morning after I've done some roadside pickup and I've taken Louis for a run and had a coffee and dropped off some orders to some customers, I felt inspired. I felt like I've got something to talk about, right? So I thought, what a better time to record a podcast because a lot of the times it's half of me having something to talk about and the other half is me trying to figure it out. Me committing my ideas to sentences in front of a camera onto a video that's going to live on the internet forever. It forces me to take responsibility and act with integrity as I speak, right? And what this does is it turns a few cogs in my brain. I go problem solving, critical thinking, being truthful, being integral, rah, rah, rah. So, and again, this all ties into each other, so stick with me. Now, one thing that I learned from needing the truth is that I will go down a rabbit hole for as long as it takes and I will not listen to the part of my brain that says don't learn this because this has massive ramifications. And the things that I'm talking about are things that mean that maybe life isn't that important. Maybe what we're doing isn't that essential. And maybe the importance that we've given to our existence, to our connection, to our being, to our history, to everything that's come isn't all that. And that's okay. Now, 
I've been listening and learning a lot about AI technology. I've been learning a lot about where the technological future potentially may go. And this is the thing you have to understand about technology is that there is no one person at the helm steering the ship, trying to take us to a, a you know, a, a hell-like existence on earth where we're overruled by robots or where whatever that may be. This is a beautiful concoction of multiple thousands, maybe even millions of very intelligent people trying to create their very specific niche part of technology and then applying it to the world and the world then as it does, communicates with one, one another, and these technologies find each other and create new technologies, right? Very basic idea of what I'm talking about, but we're now at a point where technology has this really interesting thing about it, where it doubles itself every 11 months, and that was true like 20 years ago, so whether that rate has sped up, I'm not sure, but the point is, humans doubled our intelligence over a lot longer time with the achievements that we had, and I'm talking about the agricultural revolution the uh, industrial revolution, and now we're in some sort of like digital new age revolution. And the digital new age revolution seems to see improvements in such a rate that it's getting out of our, it's out of our control. Okay. Like at this point with what I know, and I'm not claiming to know anything. And don't forget this podcast is entirely entertainment based. Okay. Everything that I talk about is anecdotal and it's from an extremely unresearched point of view. The only point of view that I have is I have all the time that I want to research these things because they do directly apply to my business and therefore I'm invested in learning in them or learning about them. And what that does allows me to have this excess of information that sometimes doesn't just apply to my business, but it applies to how I apply myself to my life and the life that everyone else lives. So what I've learned with all of this is that for robots, controlled by artificial intelligence, which is a robot controlling itself, killed 29 people in a lab the other day in Japan and no one wants to talk about it, right? And that's all good. I understand why you wouldn't want to talk about it because that is bloody scary. Three of the robots were actually down and the fourth robot then downloaded information from the internet on how to fix itself to then continue killing humans. Don't be worried. I mean, (laughs) that's not scary. But what I will say is that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And When you look at how AI is progressing and how we as humans are not doing a whole lot to slow it down. In fact, we are the ones who are buttering the bread of AI. We're the ones who are pushing the procreation of this new consciousness, right? And when you start to stand back and look at it, like there is a few things, I'm going to miss out a whole lot of information purely because I don't understand this well enough. I just understand the results at the end of it. And I try to have some sort of perspective given what I know about what is potentially coming in the future with this technology and what I've learned about the past through reading and researching the past history, what humans have come from. And I'm not talking about the past 200 years. I'm talking about the past 200 million years. So coming from seemingly nowhere to uh, nowhere to a single-celled organism to just being in the perfect concoction of environment to being able to multiply into what we are today and then using what we are today to multiply into the things that we have around us. And you, like me, grew up with cars around us. You grew up with nice lawns. You grew up with television sets and you grew up with biscuits coming in one of those plastic containers that's wrapped in plastic that you get from Coles on the bottom shelf or the middle shelf or whatever. You grew up with a money system. You grew up educated, going to school and all of these things. And most of you grew up with a phone or something in your hand. And because you grew up with it, because of the nature of being a human, you can't help but perceive life as always being like that. And this is the thing, you know that your parents didn't have the same technology you did. And you know for sure their parents didn't and their parents. And and the further you go back, the less and less evolved they were. But realistically, we have this weird subconscious adjustment to understanding what we're perceiving about this life as to what is happening right now has always happened, right? And we look at at it as if it's never going to go anywhere. Because one thing about my generation specifically and all the younger ones is we haven't seen real trauma yet. Right. We've seen 9-11, we've seen the Bali bombings, we've seen this, that and the other. And the reality about all of those things is we saw them on screens, we didn't experience them. Whereas our grandparents lived through world wars. They understood what it meant to hear a fucking plane going over your roof and hearing bombs going off around them. Not all of them, but they appreciate that there was, that happened, right? Now, 
It is naive of us, but so natural to think that how we see things, sitting at the traffic lights, waiting for the light to go red to green, that this is how it's always going to be. So it's always going to be, right? Is it always going to be like that? With what I just mentioned, is it maybe suggesting that life is going to change? When this AI decides to do something, when it breaks free, so to speak, and I don't know exactly what that means and what it looks like, but when, it, when that does happen, how quickly does it t change everything? How quickly does it make it a landscape where the AI decides because of the stupid emotion that humans attach themselves to and the silly decisions that follow that attachment that maybe we are the cancer of this earth and we need to be eliminated even though we are their gods, we are their creators. Without us, they wouldn't have existed. We are the biological womb of which AI was grown in, right? Regardless of that, we're the problems. Everything bad in this world comes from humans having this weird, especially men, egotistical approach to solving problems in that whoever solves the problem the first has the biggest dick. And it's like, that's not the case at all. That's not the case at all. There is something tied into all of our DNAs that makes us competitive, that makes us want to win. And yes, you can fucking argue the case and be like, oh, I'm not that competitive yet because you're a beta and a cuck. So just shut up. This is about everyone else. Okay. The world was built because men are competitive. Because if he was growing trees two meters tall, then his neighbor wanted to grow them two and a half meters tall just to show him. Now, what is this at a base level? This is just so that we can be the strongest and uh, most able to provide male in the, in the clan and therefore we are the most likely to, for, for women to want to reproduce with, right? So in the, you know, back in the day, whatever you want to call the day, that was the man who could take out the saber-toothed tiger, who could lead the pack, who could, who could create community, who could make not just the women and children, but the entire collection of people feel safe. Well, he had first right of refusal of all the females. Why? Because he was the most secure, right? Now let's translate that into modern day. Well, the guy who pulls up in a Lamborghini gets out and he's wearing $5,000 suits and $50,000 watches and he's got on grills in his mouth. Well, that is a man who can provide, right? Now that may be an economical provision, but at the same time, that economical provision suggests that there is security in mating with this person, right? Now, I've got off the track a little bit. The point that I'm making here is it is that competitive spirit that keeps us wanting to build bigger and better, more efficient, whatever the thing is, whether it's technology, the wheel, fire, rah, 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 we are trying to do better than our neighbor. Now, this being tied into our DNA has got us to a point where whatever it is in front of us, it seems the most reasonable or sensible thing to develop so that you can progress, make more money, get more women, rah, rah, rah. And it's, obviously it's not, it, it is, it is, that's the thing. It is about getting more money and getting more availability and more option, right? Now that tied into our DNA has got us to where we are right now. It is because of that, that we are now pushing AI forward even though we know it may potentially be bringing us close to our demise. It is that competitive spirit that is probably going to be the reason that all of this finishes. And that's fine, right? This is the thing. A lot of people get to this point and they go, well, what the fuck? Why would I? Why would I continue trying? Why don't I just give up now? I would rather sit here and do heroin intravenously until the day that I die because I know that one day this is all going to come to a close. Hmm. It always was. The only thing that's changed is your understanding or your knowledge of the fact that now I'll be a little bit closer than what you're anticipating. Hey, all good. All good. Now, I could keep going down this path, but what I do with that information, and when I learned about these robots killing people in, in a lab, the first thing that occurred to me was like, what the fuck? Everything that I do is to create time, money, economy, community, so that maybe one day I can have a little Jake and Larissa. I can have a little me, you know? But what the fuck is the point of building all of this is that's where we're going. Hmm? And of course, then you go to, look, it might be fake news. Shit, I learned about it on a YouTube short. I didn't read it in an article. And even if I read it in an article, what news outlet do you trust? You know, the one that you have to pay subscription for to read the article, does that make it true? Or the one that everyone says that it's true because that's just how it's been forever. Do I trust them just because? Shit. Shit. How do you trust anything? Okay. 
And you go, well, who would possibly make up a story like that? Well, I don't know, someone who wants people to view their page a lot. As someone who wants someone to view people my page a lot, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as lying, but damn, stretching the truth on a title, why not? Why not? Even if there was video attached to that short, or the short was of a video of robots killing people, how many movies have you watched that you believe? That you're like, I don't even understand how they got that shot. That looks like that actually happened, right? And on top of that, we've got AI that can generate images from you typing in keywords. You can say, um, let's go like uh, Trump melting in the microwave. AI will continuously spit out different versions, different pictures of Trump melting in the microwave. Realistic as a cartoon, expressionist, whatever you want, caricature. It will continually do that. That's where we've got the technology now. Now, if that's the technology we know about, it's not a far stretch of the imagination to think that we have AI that can build videos of keywords of whatever you want. Maybe your favorite porn star having sex with you but has the face of a chick that you had a crush on in high school. Hmm? Sounds wild. Dude, how does... That almost definitely exists, you know? First to do it in any technology is porn. Why? Because we're sexually and emotionally driven animals and that just happens to be the means by which we come, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Now, keeping that in mind, I mean... Now we get to a point where, okay, this whole narrative of these robots killing people is maybe flawed, maybe flawed, but it still leaves the remnants of that feeling of, well, what am I doing all of this for? Because at the very least, if it's not about bringing the next generation of my children into this life, which again, if we break down to its most absolute truth, is some instinctual part of me saying that you need to procreate and continue, right? There is something about being a human where ingrained in us is a feeling instinctually that we must create another generation who then goes on to create another generation. We try to create a world. If it's not the entire world, it's at least our world in which we are comfortable that the next generation would go into and do their very best. Now, we may have diverged off the path, I mean, starting about 20 years ago with all of this. It feels like people just have no real core values attached to life anymore. And I don't want to touch on that because that, that is an entire other podcast and it's a little bit depressing. But what I will say is those who are still sticking to those human instincts or the things that I feel are human instincts, again, I'm a fucking idiot. I used to be a truck driver. Now I've got a t-shirt brand, don't listen to me. But the people that I see still tra uh, tracking on those instincts and really trying to apply these organic feelings that we have within us that make us want to be good parents because we want our child to experience a stable family and a stable life. Therefore, when they grow up, they can replicate that for their kids and they can continue to do that. We try to focus on building wealth rather than money because we know that wealth is generational, whereas money can be spent and lost. So, I mean, I can keep on going on these organic feelings of like, right, we're not just trying to build a family. We're trying to, everyone, these family units should essentially be like, a whole bunch of networks that are all clinging onto one another, creating this strong trust of people who are not only related, but really fucking care about each other, who want the best for one another, who are there for them and who hate them and love them at the same time. And that is fine because you are family and it's not that we want to be here, it's that we have to be here for one another, right? And I mean that in a positive light, right? So that thing that we have ingrained into us, there's something where you go, okay, I want to procreate, I want to do this, I want to create the very best world I can, but there's these terrible things happening. Well then, puts us in a bit of a predicament, doesn't it? Because that raw truth is, regardless of whether I want to have a kid or not, my species wants me to. And that's really important. This overwhelming drive that I have, that is, what do you call it? parental direction, parental, uh, I don't know what it is. What's that? Instinctual parental feelings. Regardless of whether that's something that's coming from me or it's coming from my DNA, it's definitely there. So then when I look at these terrible things that are happening in the world, I think to myself, well, do I listen to my instinct or do I listen to my common sense? That's fucking hard. Because I don't want to, I don't even want to imagine a world where my child, my, let's say, eight-year-old child, 
has to live without me or Riz because we were exterminated by fucking AI robots. And now they are a, a human slave of the AI robots that are deciding to... Maybe they're building a new human race that aren't exposed to things like Disney movies and fucking the monetary system and the bullshit education system we have at the moment. And instead, they're going to give them the absolute best human existence they possibly can for whatever reason, because humans are so good at innovation and creativity and coming up with these new ideas, such as the ones that led to AI creation, right? Because when you look at it realistically, we're a bit lost in gender studies and worrying about people's pronouns and making sure that no one's offended all the time and fucking completely exterminating the idea of you know, uh, what do you call it? Natural selection. You know, like we're, we're literally boasting up the weakest in our society now so that they have a voice. And I'm not saying that's a problem. I'm saying at a fucking greater scale, it doesn't help us progress all that much, right? Like they're, I mean, without being the person who says something, you know, controversial or whatever, which fucking who cares anyway, who's listening to this podcast? Maybe there's something to the weaker dying. You know, maybe there is something to the strongest creating the most amount of security and fucking, what do you call it, direction for the future. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's something to not wasting time on, I'm just going to say things, okay? Because I don't want to identify this, but not because I'm scared of fucking imagining what it is, because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. But maybe there is something to not looking after the things that don't progress us as humans, Right? And they go, well, well, if you imagine you weren't the, you know, the strongest in the pack or whatever, well, I guess we'll never fucking know, hey. That's why I've got a podcast. That's why I'm sitting here on a Sunday with not a problem in the world recording a podcast for an hour or two. I'm not saying this pretentiously. I'm saying this because this is facts. This is facts. Because I got lucky enough to be the sort of person that was put in a position, I was born in the right place of the world, under the right DNA with my mum and dad, I had the right amount of exposure and experiences that led me to a point that I realized that I have everything that I need to be the best possible person that I can, and the application of that in this this existence, in this lifetime, looks a little bit something like leadership, and as it just so happens with my generation, that's leadership and social media. Now, This leadership comes with a tremendous amount of responsibility and a tremendous amount of social weight that I carry every day, right? So this just doesn't come as bells and whistles, oh, you're six foot four with a big dick swinging around. Sure, I still have back aches, right? The point that I'm making here is, I feel like at the moment, most people are me. Most people are me without the jump. I'm at a point where this, this, research that I that I have been doing, you know, I, I'm, I'm saying AI a lot. And I'm using that as a very big subheading or heading for basically what covers the future. Where are we going? What can I get good at that helps me or puts me in the best position to be able to create time and economy for myself, right? I've been researching this for a hot minute and I've been sure that the world's going to end within 18 months for about 15 years, right? In fact, I've had a very similar conversation to this I've had a very similar conversation conversation as this with my mum probably over 15 years ago. I remember where we were. We were driving along Lilydale Road and I remember the conversation came to a close when we turned off Lilydale Road and I said to her, if I ever show up dead and it looks like a suicide, I'm telling you now that I'm promising you that I will never commit suicide and if I do, I'll tell you first. Okay? Point is that I was sure that with the research that I was doing, that I was going to become some sort of hitless individual because I was learning a bit too much. Now, was this a crazy thought? Yes, but I was a teenager, okay? Point that I'm making here is I've been thinking this and I've been having this assumption that the world's coming to a close very very soon and therefore, what is the point in any of it? Well, the point is, when you're in GTA, first thing you do is you give yourself all the cheat codes, right? So you get all the guns, you've got all the ammo, you've got all the protection, you can run super fast, you can make the taxis fly, you can spawn a helicopter. And then what do you do? Well, you get a jetpack, you go to the top of one of the buildings and you start sniping people off until the cops come and then you start sniping off the cops. What you're doing is you're living without consequence. You're living without repercussion, right? Why wouldn't you do that in real life? Hmm. 
why wouldn't you do that if you thought the world was going to end? The world is a fucking purely terrible place and you have two arms, two legs and a heartbeat and the ability. Why wouldn't you? And I'm not talking about going out and killing people, of course. I'm ramp that back a little bit. I'm talking about not being fucking scared to win. Not being scared to lose, right? Because most of the races that we involve ourselves in in life as humans, losing isn't dying, losing isn't breaking a leg, losing isn't even feeling pain. Losing is just not meeting the objective that you set for yourself. That's all losing is. So I ask myself, I want to go in every race, don't I? Organically. Yeah, of course. Why don't you do it? Because I'm scared of losing. Because I'm scared of the social repercussion if I lose. What my peers might think of me. What my parents might think of me. What my partner will think of me. Will she think that I can't provide for the family anymore? Will she think that there is no security because I lost this race? Hmm. Might be time to start running. Might be time to start getting good at whatever this competition is that's existing around me that has no fucking repercussions if I fail, right? And you're probably wondering at the moment, okay, this is very, this is very um, what do you call it, analogy-like. Put it into real life. And the reason for this podcast is because what I'm about to talk about is I've had conversations about this with different people every day for the last week and it's driving me fucking crazy. It is driving me crazy, okay? I'm in a position now We're on a Sunday morning after essentially fucking around. I woke up late, took the dog for a run, coffee, talked on the phone with dad, went for a bit of a drive, saw something on the side of the road I liked, so I went and picked it up, you know, because we've got that hard waste collection. And then I thought, oh, actually, there was this other thing that I saw the other day. I might go see if it's still there. Went there, it was still there. Ran into these couple of young blokes who were doing the same as me, but on push bikes. They were collecting bits and pieces of push bikes to make them later on. Had a bit of a chat, gave them a strap because they needed a strap to tie down the thing. Then they helped me put something in the back of my ute. I came home and, fuck it, let's record a podcast, you know? The reason that I got to this point, and I know like on a Sunday, it's not that impressive. It was If it was like a Wednesday, it would be impressive because, you know, like, oh, well, Don't you have a job? You're not meant to be at work. And as you all probably know, no, this is my work. This is what I do. But this came from a position of me realizing that nothing fucking matters. It doesn't matter. And it's your job to take advantage of that. Right? Now, because of fucking, let's say the education system, because that's the way it is, because of how your parents did it, because of how your peers did it, You may have found yourself in a position where you go like, well, I don't fucking love what I do, but this is just what I do. And look at me like there's someone who's having the fucking time of their life. Well, not the time of their life, but they're at least look like they're having fun. But they're just like a magician or a wizard or someone who has more skills than what I do. The skills that I have are all in my mind. Like literally the thing that I got good at was using the assets that I already had, right? That's one side of it. The other side is understanding that the things that you think you need, you don't. You don't need to go down to the cafe and get an iced coffee that really isn't that impressive and two-thirds of it is ice blocks. Do you know what you can do? You can have that shit at home and you can change your mind about that idea of the cafe experience being better than the one you have at home Because you can turn your home into the place that you value more than anything through your mind, right? And unfortunately, this whole process is a snake eating its tail. And if you're going to apply it properly, you basically need to grab that snake, pull the tail out of its mouth, swing it around in your head and throw it into the neighbor's yard, right? You need to pull the rug out from everything that you know. And that's scary. That's so fucking scary. And I know that. And I know that because I've done it dozens of times. I don't fucking care anymore. Right? I'm not saying this aggressively. Oh, there's a big crow just landed on the fence. Dude, nature's nuts. Oh my God. I used the last. So we had a little bit of the normal milk, you know, that you get in the thing with the handle, the fresh milk. I used the last of that and then there was another long life milk with a little bit left and another skinny long life milk with a little bit left. And all three of the milks have been in the fridge for ages, especially the long life ones. You know, he meant to drink it within 14 days of being in them open. Like, and one of them has been in there for like a good two months. 
And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I'll just mix all those milks up and a little bit of this iced coffee syrup with some ice blocks. Bro, I don't know whether it's the sourness of one of the milks or two of the milks, but this shit is nuts, right? Point that I'm making is that pulling the rug from under your feeling is horrific the first time that you do it. And I got lucky because I did it emotionally to myself when I was 17 while I was living in Holland, right? But what that process allows you to do is actualize the decisions that you're making and the origin of those decisions. Now, the conversation that I've been having every day is people in one way or another asking how exactly is what I'm doing possible for them. And then when I give them the answer, they tell me that they can't do it. And the part that drives me crazy is that I can hear me in their voice. When they say they can't do it, I hear me 18 months ago. I hear me saying that that's not possible for me. It might be possible for you, but I'm not the same as you. Well, the only reason you're not the same as me is because you're not having these thoughts that I'm having. It's because you're defending your thoughts that are based on things like, oh, that's how my dad did it. Or that's how my friends do it. Or all my peers from school did that, so I did it as well. That's what you're leaning on. And then you're in the same position as everyone around you and wondering why you fucking hate it. And then you're having a competition of who can look like they're enjoying it the most with other people who are actually fucking hating it. And this, in turn, creates a community of constant spending, constant going to work, working longer hours, looking for better paying jobs so you can afford more shit you don't need and continue to have no time, no family, no real construct. You get home, you don't want to have sex with your missus because you're tired and you want to go to bed and you've been thinking about someone else while you've been scrolling on Instagram for the past six of the eight hours you're at work, right? Nothing wrong with that. In fact, there's nothing wrong with that because that's exactly what's meant to happen when you're a human and put in that position. You're not meant to be better than that. That is just what happens when you get fucking caught out doing some shit that you don't like doing, paying for shit that you don't fucking care about because of a decision that you had no say about. And consequently, you are where you are. I give you permission to accept that that is what's going on and that that's fine, and that there is a way out of that. And this is the exciting part. If AI robots are killing humans, then there is a no better time to experiment with getting out of that rat race cycle than right now. Because the consequence is, you either get killed by a robot at a job you don't hate, or you get killed by a robot at a job that you tried to make work that you really love doing. For me, the idea that the world is coming to an end is complete permission and freedom to do whatever I want in the capacity of being the best possible human or version of Jake that I can be. That's powerful. That's extremely powerful. The same attitude that a person who hates life takes into suicide is the same action, the same energy, the same momentum that I, a positive person, takes into my life trying to achieve as much as possible. Holy shit, right? Holy shit. Because if it's all coming to a close, then why don't we go out on top? Why don't we go out at least spending time with our dog? Why don't we go out at least reigniting that flame that we have with our partner that we first had and we saw them naked for the first time? When we realized that they liked us as much as we liked them. I would rather spend my time chasing that feeling than chasing the fucking clock out time for work today. It's kind of crazy to think that more people don't think like this. And you can go on a tangent and say that it's a conspiracy that more people don't think like this, that a lot of this comes from the education system that they teach us to have jobs, not teach us to be industry leaders. They don't teach us to be businessmen. They don't teach us to be free and to have creativity. They teach us how to rock up on time, to have lunch at this time, and to go home at this time, and you fill in that time with whatever the fuck the boss needs you to do. Right? And the security that you get in return is about this much every Thursday. Okay? Look, you rock up Monday to Friday and then half day Saturday, I'll give you a thousand bucks on Thursday, every Thursday. It's all you got to do. Then you got to pay tax on it. Yeah, um, I'll give you your super until you find out in six months your boss hasn't been paying your super or whatever. I'm not going to go down that track, but you understand the point that I'm making. For most of your life, right? 
from Monday to Friday, let's, let's say you're a hardcore worker, right? Actually, no, hardcore is a bad example. Let's say you're an average worker. Let's say you work Monday to Friday, nine to five, okay? 10 hour days, is nine to five a 10 hour day? To 11 to 12, nine to 10 to 11 to 12, to one to two, three, four to five. It's eight hour day, right? So for eight hours of your day, nine's actually pretty conservative as well because it gives you time to have a bit of a sleep in. Maybe you can go for a run around the block, have a coffee. You get a little bit of living in each morning and then you get home at five o'clock, right? You've only got two hours to do your stretches, make dinner and watch home and away before you start feeling sleepy and you go to bed, right? You do that Monday to Friday. Maybe you work a Saturday morning every, every couple of weeks. Maybe you get Sunday off. So you're trading two-thirds of your life. Don't forget, you sleep for the other third. The little sliver that you have left that you're pretending to live, most of the time, you're still warming down from working an entire week or being anxious about having to go back to work on Monday. But in return for this whole structure, you get paid. You get paid. And the reason that getting paid is so important is because you're keeping up with the Joneses because you need to get one of those big sippy drinks that's actually fucking 15 cents worth of powder and cold water, right? You need to get one of those and they cost $10. You need to get one. Why? Not because they taste good for the story. That's right. Hang on. If we're going to take the story, then we need to put it in the fucking, oh, I'm in the driver's seat. Now we need to make sure the steering wheel has the right emblem in the middle of it. So when I take it in the driver's seat, people, oh, they drive a Mercedes. Oh, cool. Sounds like I'm talking about Riz right now. I'm not. She has a Mercedes and she loves those sippy cups. It's a fucking treat for her. She only does it like once a fortnight. So Riz, this is not about you. I love you. I hope you're having a beautiful time watching this. But for everyone else, this is the shit, right? So all of a sudden you see like, okay, we've got this $10 drink that costs 15 cents. We've got this fucking $40,000 Mercedes. Rizzers didn't cost 40, not the point. $40,000 Mercedes, just so that people know when I arrive and leave places that I've got enough money to buy a nice vehicle that gets me to and from places. Uh, right? And this continues. Oh, I need the 14 Pro Max. Oh, I need to have the, uh, some, I, oh, I need to have some new utensils in the, in the kitchen. Oh, I want to I want to get a nicer bed. My beds are I want to get a nicer bed, you know? And this continues. I want I want jewelry, I want disposable fashion, I want to get nice watches, I want to get more than one pair of shoes, I want to do all these things. And so now I have to keep going to work because the reality is it's not that you get $800 and you spend $800. It's that if you've got 3 months worth of pay slips that show that you can earn $800, that means that you can borrow a certain amount. That might be for a house, for a car, for a personal loan, might be a GE credit card so you can spend some, spend some money at fucking Harvey Norman. Point of the being is, it's not even that you're going to go buy shit next week with the money you earn this week, it's that you've already spent it. It's that you're already sitting on the couch or you're already listening to this podcast through a device that you've got on a plan that means that you have to continue to work so that you can continue those payments. Now, what does that do? That makes pulling the rug out from underneath yourself extremely hard. That makes it so that... That makes it so that you won't pull the rug out from underneath yourself. It means that you won't go anywhere near danger because that might mean... Like, you're not going to go and go base jumping on the weekend. What happens if you break your leg and you can't go to work on Monday and then all of a sudden you've got to figure out a way to come up with $500 a week, which is your car, house, whatever you want payment coming out that you've got to find without doubt every week. There is no pause. There is no understanding from the financial institution. That is a commitment you have made, right? So how am I meant to start a business? Huh? How am I meant to throw everything into the wind and just hope that whatever business I come up with, and especially with no education from when you're a kid, when you had the most amount of neuroplasticity and the ability to learn, you've got no foundational understanding of what a business is, how it operates, the system within systems that you have to understand and be able to execute. On top of that, you don't have any friends or peers that are businessmen, and the ones that you do are probably unapproachable because, like me, have been in a position of freedom for so long that we don't even communicate with the same language, Right? So your accessibility to this information that could set you free, that could allow you to go and do the things that you enjoy doing, painting, riding bikes, doing wheelies, whatever it might be, that accessibility is not there because not only the level of danger to approach it, but the complete lack of knowledge to execute it on a proper level is just not there. And that's fine. Stick with me. On top of that, it's the doubt that is sown into us through constant, repetitive reminder from everything you see on social media that things are one or the other. 
It's either a win or a loss. It's either you're good at this or you, you're bad at this. There is no progression. There is no understanding. There is no permission to be good on one day and bad on the next and that overall be a great thing, right? The collection of this information that we have here, the lack of knowledge, the lack of accessibility to professionals or peers that are in the same position, and the constant, not only destruction of social media, but destruction of your ego or destruction of your ambition through these things puts us in a position where it's just easier. It's just easier to flick on some porn, knock one out, fall asleep and go to work tomorrow. It drives me nuts because when I give people these ideas that I think are really good ideas, I think that they could use, normally the answer is, yeah, but you know that's something you're good at. Bitch, I'm not good at anything. I'm good at the shit that gets me results. Two years ago, I typed into YouTube how to make money online and now you're seeing it. Oh yeah, but you had a business before that as well. I had that coffee van for four years and made this much money. If I'm being dead honest with you, the money that kept me afloat during that time was mostly because I had people looking out for me. Because I had people who had so much more knowledge than me helping me along the way and making sure that the boat didn't sink. But in reality, I walked into that situation and walked out of that situation with the exact same amount of money. And that's not something that I consider as a loss. It's not something that I brag about. It's not something that I think is anything more than a stepping stone that it took to get me here. And understand that what I'm doing right now is not the thing that I plan to be doing in a hundred years time, which is how long my plan is. I'm not planning to win now. I'm not planning to win this year. I'm planning to win my whole life. And I, I'm allowed to do that. No one gave me permission for that. Me, as a conscious thinking adult, saw what renders the best results. And it's having a plan that is so in, unconceivably long that every step that you make now is as significant as it is insignificant. And that's important. It's understanding that if I lose today, it doesn't matter because I'm playing the long game. But if I win today, that is one win of 10 million wins that I need to have to execute the strategy that I have. That's important, right? Honest to God, this is so good. It's a Bickford's coffee syrup. And you know, I think... I told Larissa this. I'm pretty sure this is the same stuff that used to come in a tall glass bottle. And we used to have it at my auntie and uncle's place in Warwicknabeel. And it was crazy. I remember we go there. I remember the first time I had it. I'm like, hey, hey, um, guys, is this real? Is this legal? Can I just go buy more of this from the shops? And the answer was yes. You know what I mean? It's like the first time you have grilled halloumi or like, um, yeah, like grilled halloumi. And you're just like, oh, so I just go buy halloumi from the shops, chuck it on a pan, a little bit of oil, one, two, don't burn it. And I just get this gooey fucking like, that may, may as well be pussy, bro. That's like whew, grilled halloumi. This is right up there with that shit. And you can just get it from Woolworths. You just get it from Woolworths. And that's what's up, brother. So when I think about this, what would you call it? Predicament that people find themselves in because they go, well, that's not something that I can do. That's something that you were naturally born to do. You know, I wasn't, I was naturally born to rollerblade. I think that's about it. Right. And problem solve. And even then the ability of learning, the ability of problem solving, the ability of critical thinking are all muscles. They're all things that get better as you exercise them. And my ability to execute an idea now happens, especially in my industry of garment creation, marketing, graphic design, is a whole lot quicker than what it was two years ago when I first searched how to make money online. Why? Because I've executed so many tiny tasks now that a big task doesn't concern me because I understand the structure, I understand how to approach it, I understand what the system is, I understand what assets and what tools and what libraries I can go to. I can gain more information, I can gain more things to work with, and I can build them into something that I thought was inconceivable before. My permission to surprise myself of what I can do is so much wider 
because I've allowed myself to do it so many times now that it's like, oh yeah, I'm sure I can make something today on this machine in front of me, this laptop, and it will blow my fucking mind that I even made it because I've done that so many times now that it, it doesn't worry me. And this is the same as doing wheelies. I'm good at doing wheelies because I realize I'm good at learning things because I realize I've learned so many things that now I understand the process of learning and therefore, what do we want to get good at? I've always wanted to be able to do a wheelie. So as a 29-year-old adult male, I learned how to wheelie push bikes for the first time. I went out and bought a motorbike so that I can learn how to wheelie motorbikes. And trust me when I say, before my 35th birthday, I will be wheelieing Harleys in a way that is unbelievable for you to perceive. I'm not telling you this like it's a wild prediction. I'm telling you this is going to happen because I have that confidence on my ability to execute on these things that I want, not because I want them, but because I realize the process between where I am and achieving them is simply learning. And I am not scared of learning. I am not scared to fail. I'm not scared to fall off the back of my push bike and fucking bruise up on my back or give myself road rash and all the rest because I know that that's just a part of it. And I know that in reality, most things don't have, uh, what do you call it, repercussions such as road rash when you're learning to wheelie on a push bike. Most of the repercussions are simply going like, fuck, now I've got to start this project from scratch and I've just invested a week into it. You know, you feeling a bit silly and wasting some time. Most of the time, the repercussions are fucking zero. It's just the, again, mindset that you attach to it. So this idea that, you know, like, here is a great example of a business proposal that I've given to multiple people that I got from someone a lot smarter than me, but makes heaps of sense. And I want you to understand that this is something that I would do if I had to start from scratch right now. If Black Ink got taken away from me today, this is what I would start doing tomorrow. And I got this from Gary V. So Gary V, thank you for this. This is a beautiful thing. I love it. Are you, and it, it is an airtight, but it's a great structure on what you could do if you wanted to create a life for yourself that wasn't doing what you're doing right now. Okay. Yes, it involves some upfront capital. Yes, it involves time and energy. Yes, it is work. These are all things that you're going to have to have. Now, the upfront capital, you can do like me and build on a shoestring budget. It'll take a little bit longer. You'll learn all the lessons in time. And by the time you are a millionaire, you know how to understand that money a lot better because you've dealt with $1 problem, $10 problem, $100 problem, $1,000 problems, $10,000 problems. They all are exactly the same, just with more zeros, but because the repercussions get larger and larger and larger if you fail, you learn how to operate more strategically and with better decisions, right? Now, as I said, this is Gary V's idea, not mine. I do not claim it. I think it's brilliant. If you had $20,000 and you just quit your job and you were going to start a business, what would you do? Buy $20,000 worth of samples, each of which are ranging between 50 cents and $50 on Alibaba, right? You would get these samples, hopefully, I don't want to go too much into what the samples are, but if we're going to talk about it a little bit, you would get these samples, hopefully in one, two or three industries, whether they're clothing samples, toy samples, or whether they're like industry specific samples, like things to do with building or things to do with mining, whatever they might be. Now, given the, given the way we're going to test these products, I would probably go for something like toys or something to do with males and females aged between 10 and 35, okay? Something that they all have that similar demographic or they all have a similar hobby demographic invested in them, right? Now, what you do is you get all of these samples shipped in. You then create some sort of like no meaning business name. Black ink is a great example because it literally means nothing. It can assign some sort of meaning as to black ink that you use in pens or tattooing or whatever you want. But at the same time, I replace the X, the A with an X. Bob's your uncle. No one knows what it is. Now, let's say you create something that's like Blue Brick, okay? That's your name. Blue Brick, your business name. You go and create a TikTok account, Instagram account, a Twitter account, a Be Real account, a Facebook account, a Facebook fan group page account, and your whole mission in your business is to create enjoyable experiences or something very broad like that where you go like, okay, it can kind of be applied to any product, any service, and it's something that speaks to uh, humans emotionally, right? So you're trying to create something for them that is positive, enjoyable, wank. So you then spend all of your time because $20,000 worth of samples worth between 50 cents and $50 actually gets you a fucking heap of samples, right? Let's work it out real quick. 20,000 divided by just 50, and I should know this off the top of my head, but you know, I'm not a fucking robot. 20,000 divided by 50 
is 400 samples that are worth $50 each. So let's assume, uh, so 20,000 divided by point, uh, uh, sorry, 20,000 divided by 50 cents is 40,000. So if we go somewhere between 40,000 and 400, you know, so let's go, say you've got about 1,500 samples because you had to pay for some shipping and shit in there as well. Hopefully some of them you could batch together and whatever you want. Now, let's say you've got, what did I say, 1,500 samples? 1,500 samples. So you've got essentially rooms in your house full of boxes and stuff. You are now going to create a small little area in which you are going to trial these samples, you're gonna put them to the test. Now, what you're also gonna do is you're gonna record yourself doing this. Now, it might be only manipulating the samples with your hands, or it might be you behind the camera like what I do and saying like, this is a sample, here is a uh, USB-C into multi-fucking thing, and this is what it does. Here's a, uh... okay, so the USB plugs into it nice and firmly. It does wiggle around a little bit, but I think that that's fine. And then you show you plug it into the computer. Maybe you're doing this with just your hands. Maybe you're doing this with no voice at all right? You can do it however you want to do it, however you're comfortable, but basically you show the utility function and purpose of the sample that you've got, right? You create at least three videos per sample. You make sure that those videos are platform specific to the platform you're posting them on. If you're posting it on YouTube, you want it with text over the thing, you want it to be quite poppy, you want to have music in the background. If you're talking, you want to talk with a hook in the first three seconds, all things that you can learn through YouTube videos. Don't worry too much about this part. But you make plat platform specific videos and you also do longer versions of the videos and put them on YouTube as well, right? You do this for every single sample. And trust me, if you've got 1,500 samples sitting there, you're going to have one of these videos go viral before you get through all of the samples. Whatever went viral, make a website for it, sell it. Simple. Oh, yeah, but what if it... Whoa, 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 whoa. If you have 60 million people that saw you using a fidget spinner, something tells me that you can get 100,000 of them to buy it. 60 million, 100,000, okay? Let's say there's a $5 profit on the fidget spinner. Let's say you don't even go for the real win. Let's say you just go for the subtle win. Do the maths, you win. You didn't win enough that you now have $800 a week you want enough that you can change suburbs. You want enough that you can change your family's life. You want enough that you realize the ceiling that once was above you doesn't fucking exist, okay? Because when you look at the comparison of whatever you're doing right now, the financial ceiling that you operate within is the amount at which your boss is willing to pay you. And if your boss is trying to run a business, something tells me that even if they make tens of millions of dollars, that doesn't translate into you making millions of dollars. That translates into you getting maybe like a three or five or 15% raise, putting you up to, you know, maybe two grand a week. Wow. But that's the ceiling. But if you figure out how to sell whatever it is online, when you're speaking to an entire global audience, rather than maybe just the people on your street or the foot traffic or the town that you live in, well, now we're talking about real numbers. Now we're talking about building lists and audiences that will respond to things that you put out based on your ability to market them, okay? And again, Jake, you're a brilliant marketer. You know how to sell. You can sell ice to fucking Eskimos. You've been an entrepreneur your whole life. Yeah, because that's where the results are. Because I realized if I was good at that, it meant that I can have wealth beyond my wildest dreams. Right? I can have all the time in the world to wheelie motorbikes. That's what this is about. I would have all the time in the world to be there for my son or daughter when they enter this world. And there isn't a time limit on when I got to go back to work or when my parental leave runs out or my savings runs out. I'm there forever. I'm the motherfucker who they come to because I was always there. That's why. And then we do wheelies together. If I figured this out, that's what that means. Now look, saying it out loud, I realize that 1,500 samples is way too much. You could do this with 500 samples. In fact, you could do it with 100 samples if it was in something that you already knew about. So let's say that you work in carpentry. I'm sure, I'm sure that there are things out there on Alibaba that would make your job as a carpenter so insanely easier that all it takes is you getting them and seeing them. All it takes is you maybe YouTubing like 10 must need, 10, 10 
need to know things for carpenters. And then you see two gadgets and then you're like, I've never fucking seen this before. That perfectly applies to what we're doing. You order some from China, you give them to all your workmates, they're like, fuck, this is crazy. You're like, okay, there's a demand for this, right? That's a little bit different strategy of what I'm talking about. But if you figure out how to test and market a product, dude, you can do whatever you want, okay? And don't forget, that's how this started. And don't forget, I've got an L in my closet as well. I've got 90 fish finders still sitting in my shed that I didn't sell from the first time I bought all these samples in. I know what you're saying, like, oh, Jake, it doesn't work. Again, again, we're sitting in the Black Ink studio recording this because I felt inspired and I already had a platform to do it because I've been building all this because I gave myself time because I took that jump because I tried something. Point is, I haven't driven a truck now for so long that I wouldn't be able to arrange a Synchromesh gearbox. I could because you boys good. But that's not the point, right? Now, the other side of this is the leap, the rug pulling, the pulling the tail out of the snake's mouth, the reset. Now, I'm going to make... Goddamn. I'm going to make a callback. That's one of the best coffees that I've had all week. And that's because that I didn't devalue it because it was, it was at home. Oh, mom, I want to go to McDonald's. Yeah, we got fucking burgers at home. I want a burger at home. I want Maccas. Shut the fuck up. All right? That's where it started. These businesses created such beautiful experiences that we devalued the things that we've got at home. Now, I'll take my mom's lasagna every day over a chicken and cheese. The only time you're going to find me preferencing that chicken and cheese is when, you know, your boy's hungry, hungry. You know what I mean? That fucking hunger. Or maybe you're drunk. Stuff like that. The reality is, the shit at home is really good. We've just learned to not like it. Now, I spent this week on my business over $2,000, which is, to be honest with you, I'm in a position where that's crazy. You know, spending $2,000 for your business. And I'm not saying that's one purchase. That's, you know, a bit here, a bit there, a major chunk here, all these little bits and pieces here and here and here. Now, I have one pair of shoes that I wear all the time, and this is them. And I have this fucking hole in them that just keeps getting bigger because I got those bare claw pedals on my push bike and doing wheelies, you're twisting your feet a lot, so you're constantly putting that pressure on what's already a hole, so it turns that hole bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm pretty sure from memory, yeah, the other side's not looking too crash hot either. Now, my ability to see past that being a problem allows me the freedom to continue doing this thing. Because if I go, oh, you know, I need that. And oh, Street X just did a collab with Crocs. I got to get those Crocs as well. Oh, and I'm going to a festival. So I need to get a fucking new outfit for the festival. And I've had these glasses for over six months and I need more glasses. Dude, you know what I need? You know what I really need? I just need to be happy today. I just need to be happy, okay? I just need to be, and this is the thing, that happiness ties into your attitude and your attitude directly ties into what you're telling yourself when you wake up in the morning and right before you go to sleep at night. If you can change that language, you can change your entire life so that you can start appreciating right. Money is not anything but a tool or an indicator. Money is the thing between what I have and what I want. And if you change what you want, then everything else changes. You cut out that consumer mentality, you realize that that $800 a week that you have, you can live on that for so much fucking longer than just a week. Get rid of your afterpay. Get rid of your fucking personal loan. Instead of making the minimum of payments, get yourself to a position where you're paying as much of it off as possible, as soon as possible, so you can really start taking advantage of the power that you have with the money that you're making. Now, If you can team this up with, I've got a huge amount of money and a really little amount of need, then you create the opportunity to pull the rug out from underneath yourself and start something. And it's scary to start something. When you've got a hundred year plan, there's no day more intimidating than day number one. But the sooner you do day day number one, the sooner you get to day a hundred, the sooner you get to day a thousand. And don't forget, this whole thing isn't about the end of the hundred years. It's about being so enthralled, excited, and integrated into the day that you're in right then and there and grateful for the fact that you have that day 
that finally you did pull the rug and finally you have freedom and you can apply yourself to the things that you love and want to do, that a hundred years from now doesn't matter. I don't have to worry about that. I've made the plan. I know all the steps I've got to take to get there. My job today is today's step. My job today is to make sure that I appreciate this. My job today is to remember what the feeling of the alarm going off at three o'clock so that I can be at work in time so I can have that truck started, pre-started and fucking ready to go hooked up with a load on at 5.30 and do everything in my power to not go back there. Because if I don't do this, that's what I have to do. I choose this every time. Oh, I feel better. I feel better getting that off my chest, right? I only say this because I want more people to be happy. I want people to live with purpose, with meaning. I feel like my whole life I've wanted to have a voice and finally now I have a voice and I've been wasting it. You know, I've been reaching for things to talk about on my podcast. I've been trying to make the most entertaining thing I possibly can, whereas the real results that I get are when I remain true to myself and when I say things authentically that I really mean, that I really keep me up at night and encourage me to be better, encourage me to create more and, and you know, create environments and situations and things that people want to be part of. And I think the reality is a lot of us can be in the position that I'm in, not just participate in the things that I create, but be a creator in themselves to empower themselves to a position where they love who they are, where they're excited to be better. And they're even excited that they've got failures because at least they learned something, because they got to take something away. They learned another side of who they are. How fucking cool is that? Are you kidding me? Dude. My name's Jake Kerr. This is a Black Ink Podcast, episode 101. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Be good to you, mum, because I'm fucking out. Yo! Yo! <laughs>